You're listening to episode 88, Managing Chaos and Uncertain Times with Elizabeth Markey. If you were looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Hilary Talbot Rowland. I'm the author of Fertile Minds Radio and co-creator of Art of Acupuncture here in gorgeous St. Petersburg, Florida. And today I am joined by the lovely Elizabeth Markey. She is one of my most favorite people for so many reasons. I won't go on and on about all of them. She's super brilliant though and very curious about how our thoughts and our emotions create our behaviors and ultimately our realities. And she has this fascination, like I do, for really kind of trying to understand where spirituality and science intersect. Um, And she's also one of the most kind people that I have ever met. Uh, She's the creator of Tri-Brain Coaching, and she's a heart math certified uh, facilitator. Her coaching, she does one-on-one. She also coaches... uh, Fortune 500 corporations all over the country. And she was the perfect person to bring on and kind of try and help you weather the storm of finding some balance amidst the chaos. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Hillary. And thank you also for such a kind and heartfelt um, introduction. And um, I just adore you. Thank you for allowing this platform so that we can reach out and support others during this time. Yeah, so I don't usually come on video. I'm usually hiding behind the microphone with no video. So this is totally new for me and and you a little bit, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're trying to just change it up, right? We're trying to roll with all of this change that is basically flooding all of our lives right now, right? Um, so we were talking the other day uh, about how difficult it can be right now to find stillness and how meditation and mindfulness is needed more than ever in our society as we all kind of seek to really manage this upheaval that is happening in our life and for an unknown period of time. There's just so many unknowns for a lot of us, which breeds a lot of fear. And I was kind of saying, you know, even for myself as a a lifelong meditator, it's been difficult to drop into the silence and find immediate peace like I'm used to doing. Um, I think instead of 60,000 thoughts a day, it feels like I've got 150,000 going there of, you know, all these things that I suddenly have to change and manage. And so my normal quiet mantra practice has been challenging. Um, And not only that, but I think if you're empathetic and, you know, you can – feel other people's emotions in any sense that when you try and drop in and get quiet, it can almost kind of feel like the collective consciousness is screaming at you. And um, I just wanted to bring Elizabeth on all these platforms to kind of show you some new techniques that you can do in the day to day, because yes, meditation is important and sitting at the beginning of your day and the end of your day. But now more than ever, we need to learn how to bring these practices into our daily life 
um, as emotions are high. So that's what we're going to hopefully do today, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Really excited to introduce heart math techniques to these people that are participating today with us. Yes. Yeah, so can you explain to our the people that are listening or watching um, who aren't familiar with heart math what it is and how it came to be and how you became a facilitator for them? Sure, absolutely. So HeartMath Institute has been around for about 25, 30 years, studying the science of the heart and also helping facilitate um, stress reduction and resilience building throughout many disciplines uh, in our world. Uh, they actually originally started working with our military um, first responders. Healthcare workers are usually very familiar with heart math and heart math techniques. Uh, so are high performing athletes. And over the last several years, heart math has really spread that information on a wider um, audience by having people come in and get trained on their techniques and understanding the science behind the techniques that they use to reduce stress and build resilience. And I'm going to show a uh, share a brief video from HeartMath that um, Roland McCarthy, their director of research, does a much better job in shortening the explanation of how um, the heart interacts with the brain and using the intelligence of the heart to be able to find coherence between the heart, the brain, and the nervous system. So I'll do that and then introduce the techniques. So here we go. The HeartMath tools and techniques really help you access the intelligence of the heart so we can make better choices in the moment and really navigate these stressful times. What we hear from people across the world, across all professions, is that stress, anxiety, and overwhelm are, are really out of hand. And, and a lot of this is due to so much change that's happening. And the way our brains work, we don't like change. Humans do not like change, especially unexpected change or change that we're out of control of. And as it turns out, one of the most effective ways to really reduce stress and anxiety and even feelings of overwhelm, is to learn how to, to access the intelligence of the heart and shift the rhythms of the heart, sends a different neural message to the brain. So one aspect of our research is really focused on developing simple, practical, user-friendly tools and techniques that allow people to really manage their stress. So a lot of people, probably even today, if you think about it, have had a situation where either you were being told to do something or you wanted something, but there was a deeper sense or a deeper feeling that it's probably not the best choice. So that's what I mean by that lack of alignment. And that can really be a, a huge source of stress for people until they learn how to really get the alignment between the heart and brain, which is where coherence comes in. That's when the heart, mind, and emotions are aligned and working together harmoniously. Our basic research done here at the HeartMath Research Center focused more on the physiology of how the heart and brain communicate. Interestingly, a lot of people are surprised to learn that the heart sends more information through the nervous system to the brain than the other way around. And that sounds like some new discovery, but it's not. This has actually been known since the late 1800s. It's basic physiology. But this is important because the, the quality of these signals sent from the heart to the brain have profound effects on brain function, our mental clarity, even our emotional experience. So the brain is largely interpreting the signals from the heart to create how we feel. So this is why we focus on the heart so much, because if you can shift the rhythms of the heart, you can quickly improve brain function, reduce feelings of anxiety, stress, overwhelm, and so on. But it takes a different doorway, the heart. So the heart math tools and techniques are really designed to shift the rhythms of the heart, which changes the ascending information from the heart to the brain, which is absolutely necessary in order to establish a new baseline. 
And without establishing a new baseline, we really can't, it's impossible to have sustained change or improvements in our health and our emotional experience. So when we, are, when we get our systems coherent and have the alignment between heart and brain, that's really when we access that deeper intuition that we have within inner guidance. So we have a, a new sense of clarity in a lot of decisions that can seem complex otherwise. So a um, couple of things as we move forward before I introduce the technique that I think is important to understand is, uh, number one, the heart has actually been designated as a brain as that definition occurs. So a brain, in order to be designated a brain, it has to have um, its own neurological system. So the heart produces its own neurons, has its own uh, uh, neurological system, and in addition, creates neurochemicals and hormones. Um, we've all heard of oxytocin, right? The love chemical is actually produced within the heart as well. And it also has to have the ability to learn and to maintain memory with that. And so when you're doing the heart math techniques, you're actually teaching the heart to respond at a different way, and it remembers that. So as you do these techniques over time, you are building resilience. That's the key there. And you can do them. Um, I introduced the first one I'll show you is one minute, but if you can withstand it for two minutes, four minutes at a time where you're finding coherence, then you're building resilience within your body and your autonomic nervous system so that you'll find that instead of reacting to situations uh, as you're confronted with, you will start to respond at a different level and find that clarity between the heart brain and the cognitive brain. And the other thing that I will be introducing is the fact that um, we're, we'll be using breath and emotion in the technique. And while we all know that uh, if we take a breath, we can start to calm our nervous system. The difference here with heart math is we're gonna regenerate a renewing emotion, such as appreciation or gratitude or love, which allows us to hold that state of coherence between the heart and the brain for longer periods of time. And that's really the key in the heart math techniques is be able to shift and regenerate uh, that renewing emotion so you're changing the chemistry of your body and within a cellular level. One other thing I wanted to bring up about that is that research has shown that as we do that and we balance our mind and our emotions uh, while practicing compassionate care for ourselves and for others, um, we actually enhance our immune system. So these techniques are used throughout the day opposed to sitting down to a meditative practice. Um, and HeartMath encourages that you practice the technique with your eyes open. You're certainly welcome to close your eyes as you first begin so you can connect to it, but for the most part, they really encourage that you do with your eyes open. I use this technique when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, um, when I'm on hold, you know, trying to get technology fixed or waiting for somebody to answer the phone. You can even use it while you're having a conversation with somebody and just with the recall of being able to um, get your heart and mind uh, connected. Hillary, am I forgetting anything before I actually introduce the first technique? No, I think that's it. I'm excited because I feel like there are so many opportunities to practice this because, you know, as we wait on 
on hold for say, I don't know, to stop your student loans for a month because your medical is <laughs> <not> close. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is perfect time. Or the grocery store if you have to venture out, which I would not suggest <laughs> right now, right? Yeah, exactly. um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, protecting yourself as you go go out, out of quarantine back into the, the changing world in front of us. So I think it's awesome. I'm excited. Well, I know I've been using it when I've been outside planting flowers <laughs> and trimming the bushes, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, spring equinox yesterday. You were telling me a story about your husband uh, trying to cut the bushes the other day, trying to teach you, and you were like, you want to tell the story? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think in times of stress, right, and there's lots of information bombarding us at the moment and lots of change taking place in our lives. Uh, the first thing happens is within our cognitive brain, we sort of um, feel this sense of overwhelm and shut down, and it's hard to think clearly and maintain some sort of clarity of thought, uh, much less attention and focus. So we're outside, we're um, planting new bushes and you know, trimming the, some of the ones that had gotten overgrown. And my husband, he's so patient, he starts showing me how he wants this one bush trimmed, right, to make it more full. And it was just so simple, and I was so overwhelmed. I found it to be so complex, and I think at the same time in the background, you know, I had all this noise, like, do we have enough supplies? Does everybody feel okay? You know, all the stuff. And so recognizing that I was overwhelmed by trimming a bush, <laughs> I, I stopped and did this technique, right? I just realized with my eyes open, still with the clippers in hand, um, that I could take a minute and just uh, start to find clarity so I could figure out how to turn the bush. <laughs> It's so true. Like even the most simple things are becoming difficult because your background, your mind is almost listening. Well, it's always kind of listening in two different places, right? Like, so you have the thoughts that are coming and then you have the witness that you hopefully invoke in meditation. But I find that my witness is listening for sneezes and coughs and <laughs> running that constant list of like, did I get that? Did I get that? Are all the kids here? Is one of them like not listened and is, you know, going rogue and not paying attention to quarantine? So yeah, your mind is totally split, which I am not accustomed to. So I think these techniques are going to be great for myself. I'm, I'm totally selfish in this and whoever's listening that um, wants to practice them and bring them into their day. So what's the first technique that you can do okay. in just a minute? So the first one I'm going to share is pretty much the foundational technique. Um, that Hart Matthews is. And then afterwards, I'm going to give you one that's been introduced particularly for this time in terms of replacing fear um, with managed concern. But in this one is the one that I use all the time. And I'm going to lead you through it for a one minute period. Uh, that's usually what I do with people is I have them start with one minute. And then as you um, you know, start doing it, you can do it for two minutes at a time. Perhaps when you wake up in the middle of the night, if you do, or before you get out of bed in the morning, or as you go to sleep, um, or again, while you're actively cutting bushes. Um, so I'm going to have you breathe a little slower and a little deeper. And um, why don't we go ahead and, and start that now, actually. And I'm going to start a timer. Um, so if you could start to Become aware of your breath and just breathe a little slower and a little deeper. Maybe breathing into the count of four 
or five, whatever is comfortable for you, just a very relaxed breath in and out of your nostrils. And as you breathe, you can bring awareness to your heart center, visualizing that that breath is moving in and out of your heart and knowing that as we bring awareness to our heart center, we create a physiological change in our body, in our heart rate. And continuing to breathe, now I'd like for you to regenerate a renewing emotion, which is gratitude or appreciation. Perhaps thinking of a person or a place, or even a pet, it brings you that emotion of gratitude and appreciation. And really allowing yourself to integrate that renewing emotion into your cells and your body. And that's one minute right there. So that's the basic technique, pretty easy to do, very simple. I don't know, Hillary, did you feel a difference as you participated in that moment in time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, um, my heart rate has been a little quicker than normal. My blood pressure has been a little elevated, um, like I'm sure a lot of people out there. Um, so I am pretty aware of my heartbeat because it's not normally like that. Um, so it was interesting about halfway through just noticing the shift. It was almost like a, a downshift in gears. Like I drive a manual car of like it's slow. It just took the edge off. Like it was still quick. And then once I invoked the, the picture of the person in my mind and the feeling, um, then I kind of had this like spreading sensation throughout my body of gratitude of what happens biochemically with oxytocin. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting that that happened so quickly. Um, which I think oxytocin has a half-life of three seconds. So mm -hmm. <laughs> the more that you can think of something that brings gratitude and not just think, but feel like, I think that that is really the key, probably how it works. If I'm not mistaken, it's just bringing it into the heart and remembering that, right? Correct. Yeah. And the other thing too, you mentioned a shift like in a car, right? So um, I use that example a lot for people to understand what's happening to the autonomic nervous system at that point. Mm -hmm. So if you envision um, your sympathetic nervous system as the gas pedal, uh, so you know when we're responding to threat in our environment, uh, our autonomic nervous system immediately puts that gas pedal on, right? So we can take action and respond to that threat. Whereas the, and that's the, the gas pedal. Now the parasympathetic slowing down uh, that time to rest and digest, to breathe a little deeper is like putting the brakes on in a car. Right. And so that's what we're doing as we uh, breathe and bring that awareness to the heart center. We're actually shifting and taking our foot off the gas pedal and putting on the brakes. Right, which is exactly what I try and remind people of when I teach meditation is that 
it's not about trying to stop your stressors or ignoring them while you're meditating and just having your nervous system downshift during that time. It's about how automated can you make this so that when you become aware that you are stressed or having a, a, a biochemical reaction of the, the sympathetic nervous system that you can then evoke the relaxation response mm-hmm. because you can't stop the stress. I mean, if this week was like ever proof of that for somebody, right? Trying to control the stressors does not work. But what does work is employing these tools and just how many times can you bring in the relaxation response in one day, I think is really kind of the, the take home message, which is great because once you learn these, they're yours and it's empowering to feel like you have a tool no matter where you go, that you can help your health. Absolutely. So that's a perfect opportunity, I think, to introduce um, the idea of replacing fear with managed concern. And this is um, a recent release of one of the techniques that HeartMath uses uh, to do just that in this time. Again, you know, you can't say, don't be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) It's our natural uh, response to threat, but we can learn to to manage that and to minimize it and to bring it to where we can have clarity around it. And so this technique is really um, focused on replacing fear with managed concern uh, using the same approach. And so um, what, we take about two minutes to do this one. Is that all right? Great. So again, just to make sure I stay um, in line here, I'll reset my timer. <laughs> um, so again, let's let's start by taking the opportunity to breathe uh, a little slower and a little deeper, breathing in through our nostrils, the comfortable pace. And imagining your breath moving in and out of your heart center, serving to calm your mind and your emotions with each breath. And as you breathe, visualizing emotional and mental calm streaming into your mind and into your cells throughout your body. Holding a very conscious intention in your heart to shift your feelings of anxiety or fear into feelings of managed concern. And as we close up this two minute period, radiate with intention, compassion and care and calm into the global field, assisting to reduce fear and alarm so that others can make better choices and also shift from anxiety 
to managed concern and compassionate care for others. Bringing your awareness back to our session. Hilary, I'll let you lead the conclusion. That was nice. I realized my, when you first said the word fear, my brain kind of latched on of like all the things that I'm worried about, right? All the unknowns. And I could feel like a physiological response start to come up. And then when you said managed concern, it mm. went down again. And I was like, oh, I like that because management implies that you're doing something, right? Right. <laughs> right? So I feel like it gave my brain permission to have concern. And then then I just kind of sat there the, the next minute like, every time my brain wanted to wander back into fear of just how can I exemplify managed concern? Like what is an appropriate level of response, which is a lot lower than where my internal response has been this week. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure like a lot of others. Um, so that was interesting. And then my favorite part was the end um, was just to being able to, to radiate out, those feelings of compassion. Cause you know, as a healthcare worker, I am most at home when I am like in service to others, you know, and, and I don't think that's just healthcare workers. A lot of people are. So to be able to just to feel that feeling that I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of missing right now, not having my one-on-one -on -one patient time. Right. Um, it, that was really great to feel like, oh, I can, I can go here anytime that I want to. And it's such a, and even though all the years of meditation that I've studied, it's so easy to forget these simple things, right? That these are available to us all the time. So I imagine the more that you practice this, the easier it becomes. Um, and physically, I did notice a lot of, a lot of energy in my head when we first started, of course, because there's a lot of thoughts, especially around fear. And then starting to feel a feeling of grounding as we went through it um, and, and feeling more heart centered, which I think is really important as we're all asked to make um, really tough decisions on the turn of a dime. Right. Well, and I think also you mentioned, um, you know, practice and, and it does take practice, right? But I know we all have moments throughout the day where just one minute of doing this uh, really helps to reset your autonomic nervous system and increase your ability to gain access to this um, this state. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for providing those little minis. Um, I wanted to kind of piggyback off of what you had taught and give a little bit of a longer meditation where we're going to go in and then out uh, in terms of kind of an elongated version of what you just did, but it's known as a meta meditation or um, unconditional loving kindness. Um, people watching this video had, you know, maybe these first two calm them down enough to where they can sit and they can practice this meta uh, meditation with us for about 10 minutes. The meta meditation is very similar to what you just taught in that you can come into the heart and send loving energy, which I think is really more important now than ever before. So do you want to meditate with me?
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's the only reason I joined the call, Hillary. Right? <laughs> okay, so for those of you at home, um, and you can do this with your eyes um, open if you want, uh, but I like to kind of drop in and close my eyes. So you guys are gonna look at me with my eyes closed for the next 10 minutes. So just start by taking a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. And make sure that you're comfortable because if you're not comfortable, you're not gonna to wanna to come back to this technique, right? For any extended period of time. And just continue with the breath, maybe deepening the breath, inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth, letting go of any tension or fear or constriction that you might be feeling. Just imagining it leaving your body with the next few exhales. And now I want you to bring your awareness or that part of your brain that's listening to my voice. I want you to bring your awareness down into your heart center. I like to place a hand on my heart. It helps me to connect in my physical body as well as my intention in my mind. And just imagine that you could breathe in and out through the heart, just breathing the air just past your fingers, breathing in unconditional loving kindness, and then radiating it back out through your heart. And breathing in sweet metta, unconditional loving kindness. And then as you let it out, letting it radiate out to all of your teachers, every teacher you've ever had or will have, just radiate out unconditional loving kindness. Breathing in sweet metta and radiating it back out. Breathing in unconditional loving kindness into your heart center. And this time when you breathe it out, breathing it out to all of your family members. Breathing in sweet, loving metta. And exhaling it out, sending it to your family, whether they're sharing tight quarters with you or if you're separated just imagining that they could feel this loving kindness that you're send, sending as if your hearts were connected by a string. One more time, breathing in unconditional kindness, radiating it back out through the heart to your entire family. Breathing in, sweet metta, and this time radiating it out to all of your friends. 
maybe you're separated or worried about some, again, just imagining that your hearts are connected and no matter where they are, that they would just have a gentle thought of your loving kindness, no matter what they're doing at this moment. Breathing in, sweet meta. And then exhaling it out to all of your acquaintances, the strangers that you passed on your dog walk or your run into the grocery store. Just imagine them feeling a hug of kindness. Breathing in, sweet meta holding it and then exhaling it back out to all those strangers. Breathing in Meta, and this time as you breathe out, I want you to breathe out sweet, unconditional loving kindness to all those that you have a grievance with. We're not going into forgiveness. We're just simply radiating out kindness to them. Radiating out compassion. Understanding that we don't have to agree with their actions, but that we can send them compassion and kindness as a fellow human being so that they have a moment of clarity as they take next steps and actions. So one more time, breathe in that sweet, loving, unconditional kindness, and then exhale it out to all of those you've ever had a grievance with, whether you know them personally or not. Now breathe in sweet, loving kindness. And as you breathe out, I want you to send it to every sentient being on the planet. So every living human, animal, plant, just breathe it out and experience that web of interconnectivity. One more time, breathing in unconditional kindness and radiating it back out. And now as you breathe in unconditional kindness, I want you to breathe it out to the cosmos. Envision it filling the whole planet As you exhale out, loving kindness through our solar system, all the way to the edge of the cosmos as it is expanding, as if you could keep up with that pace, just radiating out loving kindness. And just notice that you're so full 
with unconditional love and kindness. That you never feel empty, whether you're breathing out or breathing in. There's just this harmonious exchange. And breathe it in one more time. And just hold it in your heart. Hold it for yourself, which is oftentimes the most difficult thing to do, is to turn compassion to yourself. For all the choices that you'll have to make in the coming weeks, just commit to being kind with yourself. The same kindness you would redirect a small child with. And when you're ready, you can just sit for a second and observe this change in state that you have created in a short 10 minutes. You can wiggle your fingers and your toes and begin to blink, open your eyes and come back into this time and space. That was so powerful for me. I hope it was for you. <laughs> well, I know it was for me. Thank you so much for facilitating that. Yeah. And, um, I get what I call um, happy tears. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> that was um, happy tears, but fuller than that. More like just big sort of emotion of, um, of gratitude and, and love and, so, and kindness. Really. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I think this has um, been what I have been turning to in these last few weeks of just as we isolate more, wanting to feel more connected and wanting to um, just choose to focus my thoughts every now and then on kindness and love and gratitude instead of fear because I think all of us have a brain that's doing a really good job of focusing on anxiety right now. <laughs> So just know that this is available to you. You can go deeper or you can use it like a mini. You can use the heart math techniques. There's so many things out there. I just want to bring you as many techniques as possible so that you find the one that radiates for you at this time that you use because that's really the only meditation for you is the one that's, that you stick with, right? Oh, any parting words of wisdom for... Any of our listeners? Uh, no, just gratitude for those of you that have listened and um, hope that you will share this with others that you find might benefit. Yeah, please, um, wherever this is posted, leave your comments below, your experiences, uh, and share. I mean, that's why we're taking this time and creating these things is to touch as many lives as possible. Um, hopefully soon this will also be uh, heart math be part of Musical Medication, which is a new and evolving app um, with not only spoken word meditations, but um, music at healing frequencies. So you don't even have to just do the um, meditation. You can just put the music on in your house. Sooner than later, we will also have Elizabeth's voice on there as well as mine. Thank you. All right, guys, be well, stay safe, be kind. We'll see you soon. 
Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, I invite you to become part of the Fertile Minds Collective. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all of this material and we fine tune it to your unique fertility journey. And we have a pretty awesome community. Go to fertilemindsradio.com to sign up today. I'll see you on the inside.